This week on the Outlaw Lawyer, wall-to-wall listener questions. Joe and I will answer your questions next. And now, the Supreme Court has said unanimously, this was wrong, fact-based. Your belief at the time doesn't necessarily jive with what the actual law is. Reasonable. Informative. Now, if you take in facts and you think about them and you don't jump to a instant opinion, you're the outlaw. And now, Outlaw Lawyer with Josh Whitaker. Welcome into the Outlaw Lawyers. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer are your hosts. You can find them at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. 46 combined years experience in folks' offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and they are helping clients with real estate closings, estate planning and administration, personal injury, criminal and traffic, and family law. The list goes on and on and on. If you've got legal issues, these guys, they're the ticket. I'm Morgan Patrick, producer, big voice, and man on the street. Guys, welcome in. Hope you had a great week. Hey, thank you, Morgan. It's uh, it's nice to be here in the office. I know we've got, uh, this is our second show where me and our, our friend Joseph, where we're remote. And today it's a sad reason. Last week, it was a good reason why we were remote because our friend Joseph was at the beach. Uh, this week, it's kind of a sadder reason because our friend Joseph has tested positive for COVID. Oh, no. And Oh, it, uh, but, but Joe is is feeling better. He's on the men, and he's here with us today. Joe, how are uh, how are you feeling? Hey, man, um, I'm here. That was a fantastic <laughs> intro by Morgan, by the way. That was uh, <laughs> it made me feel inadequate. It, we always talk about having good energy on the radio, and I I feel like I failed. Right now, well, the most so. most important thing, Joe, is that you're feeling better, and um, you know you've had you've had this before, so it's your second time around. And uh, just kind of walk us through that. What was that like? Yeah, so it's it sucked pretty bad. Um, we've got a lot of we we talk a lot about my my large family, my several kids, my wife. Um, so yeah, tested positive. Uh, started feeling bad Friday night. We actually were on vacation last uh, the previous show. If you will recall, we were on vacation, and uh, it actually hit me that night. the The night before we left, um, couldn't sleep. Started getting the chills, and as soon as I got the chills, I, it's like I knew immediately. I knew it was the COVID. I could feel it in my bones, and um, so had to figure out how to safely get everybody home. Uh, so we masked up and. Uh, had to make a long six-hour drive, feeling pretty crappy. Came immediately, got tested, and uh, tested positive. And um, yeah, no fun, man. Uh, it really takes a toll on you. It's a very strange. It's a strange illness, and uh, it's hard to find much comfort because every person that gets it seems to have such widely varying experiences. And you hear of people who have, you know, their symptoms change every day, and they have some of the strangest symptoms. And, um, and for me, it's really just feeling like I got run over by a truck, no energy, uh, aches, chills, fever. Um, but luckily no, no real respiratory symptoms. Uh, I guess relatively mild, all things considered. Sadly, it seems like the rest of my family's now getting it, but, uh, we should have some crazy immunity, man. This is our second time around. So at some point we're going to just be bulletproof from everything. <laughs> I feel like Joe, did you have, uh, did you have any of the brain fog that you hear people talk about? I do have the brain fog. I, I still have the brain fog. So that's going to, that will be something that affects this show heavily. I'm sure. Um, I just been forgetting everything, man. I've got this, I've got, I'm, I'm quarantined. Just, we like to paint the picture, right? So I'm quarantined in my daughter's room. I'm okay. leaned up against her very beautiful pink sheets right now. Uh, I've got my setup on her bed, but 
So when I've been I've been trying to go outside and get some some vitamin D and get some sunlight. So I've got a mask, and I forget where it is every every time I take it off. I'll forget where it is. It'll take me a solid forty five minutes to find it. And this room's not very big, so um, definitely experiencing the brain fog. Really hopeful. I'm on the mend. Want to get this is several days away from work now. I had the vacation. Now I haven't been back because of this, and I'll be out for a while. And uh, man, I miss it. The uh, I saw on uh, I was on the Twitter and I saw somebody had a I don't even know what you never know if it's real or not but somebody had that little video of the COVID nineteen uh, virus infecting uh, brain cells in a bat. Did you see that? I didn't see that man, but that makes me feel real good about what's going it on was, it, brain right now. It was it was very disturbing, but who knows? I don't know where I don't know who posted it or whatever. But uh, but anyway, so we are remote, but we're here and we had a uh, a lot of feedback. Last week, we just did, we took some listener questions that had been piling up while we kind of talked about some other topics a couple of weeks before, and uh, we had a good response to that. So we wanted to go ahead and, and kind of approach some other listener questions that we've, that we've had. And so we're going to spend some time talking about a couple of things. And, and again, like almost every other show we've had since we got this thing started, we're going to be talking about COVID and specifically uh, the Pfizer vaccine, uh, the day we're recording this, uh, just recently here, the Pfizer vaccine got full FDA approval. And, um, and that's going to start, I think we're going to start seeing, we already are seeing some mandates where your employer or, uh, you know, somebody's going to make you have a vaccine to, uh, to participate in things and, or to work. And uh, so there's been a couple of uh, those, and we thought that would be something that's probably worth talking about. And so that'll be, we have a listener question that concerned it and got us talking about it. So that'll be our first listener question that we talk about today. And I, and I, I care about our listeners and we, we care about the research so much and we talk about COVID so much that I just went and got COVID to have that firsthand experience. <laughs> so we could, uh, we could really know what we're talking about and make sure we're giving the most accurate information. And then a question we get at the law firm and just in general at church or at the barbershop, um, you know, you get a speeding ticket. You hear a lot of people tell you, just pay it off. Don't worry about going to the courthouse. And so we're going to kind of give you a speeding ticket uh, primer as an answer to one of our listener questions, because that comes up. If you're an attorney of any kind, it doesn't matter what your practice area is. If you go out in public and people know you're an attorney, you're getting speeding ticket questions. Usually from your close personal friends. That wants you to <laughs> magically get rid of it. That have there's, lead there's feet. There's no magical solution to it. <laughs> and they all have the lead foot. So, uh, yeah, I can see that. I think I think those were the first questions I ever got out of law school. Speeding ticket questions and how do you get out of jury duty. And there's no good way to get out of jury duty unless you're Yeah, there's no secret to either of those things. There's no magical, I'm going to get you out of your ticket. It doesn't work like that. So don't ask us, loyal listeners. I, another question that we get a lot um, – is we have we hear from folks who have a non compete. They've signed a non compete agreement uh, with their employer, and we're just going to kind of, as part of answering this listener question, talk about what non competes are. Just give you the general breakdown. When can those be enforced? Uh, what does the court think about them? Uh, things like that. Um, but that that's something we see a, a whole lot. These non competes. That's right, and we'll we'll talk about that. And then our last question, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of in the same vein as the non compete question. Um, we got a question regarding the fact that North Carolina is an at-will employment state and what that means as far as what being an at-will employee entails and um, and basically how that affects whether what you can be fired for and kind of your rights as an employee. Now, Joe, 
this is your second time with the COVID, right? So, yes. Um, <laughs> undiagnosed the first time. It was super early, super duper early in the process before anyone really believed that COVID was around. It was February where I really got hit um, and was bedridden for seven to ten days. Felt exactly the same as this, 100% identical to this. So then the family got it in October um, and, you know, everybody in the house got it. We never, I never tested positive. My wife never tested positive, but I, you know, had no symptoms, but again, everyone had it. I don't understand how we wouldn't have had it then. So, um, I don't know if, if I had it early and had some kind of immunity to it the second time it came around our household and that has waned and now the Delta variant is just destroying me. I don't know exactly what happened, but, uh, I know it's not fun, man. And I know I haven't enjoyed it. And I know that I, I basically hate COVID, um, <laughs> as most of us do, I'm sure. But, um, you know, once you, uh, yeah, it sucks, man, it's stupid. You, you let me know that you, you had it and you know, I got the, I got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and there's some debate on how effective that is. And I got it way back in April. So I like called my doctor and I was like, Hey, is there, can you give me a booster? Can I just get another one? <laughs> just double Look, me man, up, just come, you know, just, just come around, come over to my house and, um, <laughs> I'll just do a couple of face coughs on you, and that's your booster. <laughs> we'll, we'll crank those antibodies right up, man. I think Johnson and Johnson's been doing good against the Delta. I think it's been, I think it's had pretty, pretty positive results, man. So I think you're good, and you're you're a healthy fellow, right? You're well, I was reading, uh, I was reading this week. I was reading about uh, what is it, the Lambda, the the one that's coming up through South America right now. Yeah. Everybody's worried about the Lambda. What did you find out about it? I'd be curious because I'm sure I'll get that one as well. So Wait, it wasn't me. Joseph. It wasn't good. It was. Uh, it wasn't good. It was worse. <laughs> so it's worse. I think it's that it says worse. It doesn't. It doesn't care about vaccination. Younger kids, you know, getting sick, that kind of thing. But I think if I what I was reading was saying it was in. It was coming out of Peru. It was like the dominant one in Peru or something. I don't. I don't remember. That's not but, good, man. You know, it doesn't. It's counterintuitive because you think about a, a virus should want to evolve to be less lethal so it can survive and spread more easily and it does not it seems like that's been not the case here it's gotten more aggressive it's gotten anyways it sucks man it's i i long for the day that we don't have to talk about it anymore um, <laughs> and i also hope that i don't have some kind of I, I really fear the long covid you know you hear a lot of people who have the long lasting long term effects and uh i hope we conduct that man i really do when Joseph doesn't have COVID and he's in the office with me, we are the managing members of the law firm of Whitaker and Hamer. If you need to contact the show, the outlaw lawyer, or you want to get a hold of me and Joe over here at Whitaker and Hamer, Morgan, what's the best way for everybody to contact us? All right, Josh, let me tell you. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, you can get them at 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. You can also email questions to the show at questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And these questions will be answered and may be used on an upcoming episode. The website, theoutlawlawyer.com. Again, theoutlawlawyer.com. Check it out. We'll be right back right after this. Coming up next, the Pfizer vaccine has full FDA approval. Who can make you get that vaccine?
locked into the Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, 46 combined years experience in offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, and Fuquay, Verena. We're going to talk all things legal, real estate closings, estate planning and administration, personal injury, criminal and traffic, family law, and then a lot of subjects just come right up and hit us in the face. We're going to talk about it each and every week. If you've got any questions about what's going on uh, legally in your life or anything, any subject we talk about, you can always call 800-659-1186, 800-659-1186. They have an army of lawyers that will get back in touch with you and uh, certainly have those discussions. You can always go online, theoutlawlawyer.com. Check us out there. And if you've got a question and you want to email it into the show, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Fellas? All right. All right, Morgan. Our first listener question this week comes from a Jim in uh, over in Apex, and so his question boils down to: Can my employer make me get a COVID vaccine? And uh, that's, that's a, a good question. Question, Jim. Fant- yeah. Fantastic question, Josh. Don't undersell Jim's question because <laughs> it's a great question, and it's one that everybody's asking. Well, it's it's really going to start coming up a lot. You know, it's everything has been kind of voluntary at this point uh, up until this point. But I think it's uh, probably pretty big news by now that Pfizer's uh, has been received the full FDA approval. And that's going to kind of change a lot of things because before it was, of course, experimental. And it's hard to find legal precedent where you can force someone to get experimental uh, treatment. But now that it's full approval, that's a game changer. It is, Josh. And we we talked a lot about it. You know, we talked about the fact that previously these vaccines only had the emergency use approval and the fact that once that full approval came, which it did come quickly, um, but once it came, that was that was the thing that a lot of people were clinging to. A lot of people who were, you know, vaccine hesitant were using that that non full approved status as the reason why, you know, they shouldn't get it. And now that that's gone. Like you said, that's that's a big hurdle. That's something that a lot of people were clinging to. And we speculated at the time, and I think we're going to see we were correct. The mandates are going to flow like crazy from here. Well, I think we've talked about it before. I kind of, We kind of doubled down on live entertainment this year. So we got tickets to collegiate, you know, uh, football, basketball, hockey, Every concert that that me and and the wife can go to, we've we've got tickets, and we're going one way or the other. And you're starting to see, I think Live Nation was one of the first ones, but you're starting to see where they're going to require a vaccine, and they're still doing the or right, so you can have a negative test within the past, I don't know what it is, seventy two hours. Seventy, it's seventy two hours, or or a vaccine. But you know, Live Nation's kind of already called it, and they don't. I'm not. I don't think I have any tickets to any Live Nation. Uh, stuff right now but um but yeah i think you know you're gonna see a lot of it what was the uh the federal mandate for if you work in the long-term care facilities you can't get any federal money unless your staff's completely vaccinated by a certain date i think i saw that the other day yeah there 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 is going to be that you know for a long time there was the vaccine again wasn't fully approved and and there was an effort to kind of incentivize getting it, which you could make the argument. I mean, anybody should want to get it for public health and for their own health. Um, But there was, you know, they tried to kind of incentivize it. And I think now you're going to see, I don't want to say they're going to be penalizing, not having it, but it's going to, like you said, it's going to be mandatory and there's going to be your, there's going to be penalties, especially, uh, you know, if you do work for the federal government, uh, if you do work for healthcare, you're going to see people, 
basically having to have it and it's not going to be an optional thing. Well, there was a recent case that was kind of making its way to the Supreme Court or at least applied to the Supreme Court for kind of emergency review status. But it was uh, I think it was like eight students, uh, I guess, the University of Indiana. And I haven't read any of their literature. I haven't read this case. But from what I understand, uh, University of Indiana was is requiring students to prove they're vaccinated. And uh, so eight students took umbrage with that. And and there was a lawsuit to kind of say, hey, is this mandate illegal? And at that time, Pfizer wasn't even approved. Right. So at that time, we we still had this experimental, this emergency use uh, status. And so that was the lawsuit. And it, it, you know, the Supreme Court just rejected it, meaning they didn't find on it. They didn't argue. They didn't hear arguments. They just decided they were not going to grant it emergency review, which seems to indicate that, you know, the Supreme Court is at least, uh, you know, even though they didn't say this, it kind of says they, they're not going to um, to intervene in a case like this where you got a government institution. Uh, of course, you don't have to go to the University of Indiana, but if you are, you kind of got to play ball uh, by their rules. So they didn't even, and you never know why they didn't look at it. We didn't read the we didn't read the petition. We don't know what kind of law the attorneys relied on. So there may have been something else defective with it. It may not have, we might be reading too much into it, but that's what we do as attorneys. We, we kind of want to try to figure this out. So I'll have to pull that up and read it. We love reading into things. That's one of our favorite pastimes for sure. But I, I don't think it's reading in too much to anything. You know, the assumption that there's going to be mandates, you know, you, you mentioned we've doubled down on doing the entertainment. We've been going to the, uh, We've been going to the PNC arena to the shows and the events that they're doing there. And prior to very recently, everything we've done there, there's, you know, they haven't asked about vaccine status. They haven't mentioned it whatsoever. And then we got our first email the other day saying that, you know, for an upcoming show, like you said, they're going to have to either have your proof of vaccination or you're going to have to have a negative test within 72 hours. Um, so it's, it's coming. We're going to see it. I'm telling you, man, my vaccine card is the most rickety, dinky thing. I, I'm, I'm scared to take it out of the house. I took a picture of it the other day because I, I was afraid I was going to lose it. What um, I'm going to do is I'm going to take I'm going to take a USB drive of this show where I have COVID and I'm going <laughs> to headphones and I'm going to let the people listen to it and say, "This I was sick already. I have natural immunity. Let me in your your show." My uh, when I got my plan. When I got my card, it wasn't even filled. I like they filled out like the batch and the when I got it, but like my name and social, they just gave it to me blank. And they're like, "Hey, you you fill all this in." I'm like, all right, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what kind of evidence of. I, I get what everybody's trying to do, and you feel like you got to do something, right? You got to if you're 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 having a concert, you don't want any liability, you don't want to get sued. We're in the middle of a pandemic, you don't want to get shut down. So I, I understand you're going to require masks requiring proof of vaccination or a negative test and basically you're doing all you can you can do so i get it but it seems like those I negative too, but but one thing that doesn't that doesn't make a ton of sense to me you know this is putting aside the the health benefits of the vaccine and the fact that you know i think a, a big goal of it is you know reducing the severity of the illness especially for at-risk populations keeping people out of the hospital all fantastic goals but while it seems that the evidence shows, you know, the vaccine, if you're vaccinated, it may keep you from being as contagious, spreading it as long. 
people are still getting it. People are still transmitted it as as vaccinated people. So I don't I don't know how much that necessarily is going to curb transmission. Um, so much. I mean, I think showing up with a negative test result, absolutely. You know, that's gonna that that's foolproof evidence that you you should be okay. You're not going to be transmitting, but just proof of vaccination. You know, I, I think the conventional wisdom at one point, or the hope at least from folks, was you know, there's not going to be a lot of breakthrough cases. You know, you're going to get vaccinated, and it's going to essentially make you immune, and and that does not necessarily seem to be the case. I. When 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 the when the pandemic kind of got cranked up, when it finally when it kind of started, I had talked to somebody who worked in that industry uh, for a long time, and 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 he had basically said that you know the coronavirus is just like the cold, and if you could have a good vaccine, we would have a vaccine for the cold. You know, it's just it's just in the nature. I mean, whatever whatever the vaccine's going to be, it's it's you're going to have to get it a couple times a year. I mean, just down the road, like I don't see any way around it, and. uh but no, it's you know. Well, yeah, I, but I, even still, I think there's been I think there's been cases of, of folks who are double vaxxed recently that still you know they're still contracting it, and, and I can I think that comes back to the mutation and the variants and things like that, and and I think we're all doing the best we can, and none of this is to say like don't get vaccinated. That's not the you know I don't make that point to say that whatsoever. I'm just you know questioning how safe that's going to really make everybody that's there feel necessarily. You know what I mean? Well, I'm showing up at different drugstores trying to get vaccines like every day of the week. Like I'm just going to try to like I'm going to get them all and then just, you know, get extra protection. That's a fantastic plan. And uh, I think that is exactly what you should do. <laughs> the uh, the uh, I don't and think let me a, cough on you also. <laughs> I was going to say all, all joking aside, right? The uh, I don't think we've actually answered Jim's question, which was can my employer make me get a covid vaccine? And I think the answer, at least right now, is most likely. Yes, I think uh, a private employer um, in an at-will employment state, which we'll talk about what that means a little bit later. I think you're you're if they decide that they want you to get vaccinated, I think they can. Um, I don't know if you have any different theory on that, Joseph. No, my my thinking is in line with you, Josh. And we said that we said that before full approval. I think we speculated that if your employer ask you to get the vaccine want to get it then you know they're you're likely to lose your job and there's really not going to be any consequence for them uh so i I agree with you josh um i think it can be mandated and required and you know with the the government really pushing private businesses to implement those requirements i think we are going to see more and more of that as we move forward through the pandemic goal on the show is to help educate inform and to help if you've got any questions about what we've been talking about easy to get in touch with josh whitaker and joe hamer the outlaw lawyers at whitaker and hamer law firm 800-659-1186 that number again 800-659-1186 you can email questions to the show and they may be used in an upcoming episode questions at the and if you want to kick the tires online go to the website the you got a speeding ticket the police officer was very nice and told you you could mail in a check instead of going to court should you do that
The Outlaw Lawyers on the air. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, the power behind the Outlaw Lawyers. 46 combined years of experience in offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena. If you've got a legal question, they have the answer. You can always call 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. You can also pose your questions online at questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And check out the website, theoutlawlawyer.com. A lot of information there for you as well. But if you're thinking real estate closings, estate planning and administration, personal injury, criminal and traffic, which we're going to get into in this segment, also family law, all of that within the scope of the Outlaw Lawyer and Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Again, you can find them at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Guys, we're speeding through the program, and now we're going to get into speeding tickets. Morgan, this is one question you get the day, hopefully you make it to your, your law school graduation before you get this question, but someone in your family, someone in your friends, your, your circle of friends, your sphere of influence, they're going to get a speeding ticket. They're going to know you just graduated from law school. It's the first call you get. It's, I guarantee it's the first call you get as a graduating law student. I think I got this call 18 times before I graduated law school. And and count literally countless times after that. People I don't even know that well. It's all they ask. You know, they, They've got a ticket. They want you to help them with it. And uh and that's that's what you get, man. That's what that's what I think that's what the a lot of people think lawyers do, just handle tickets constantly. That's right. All day long, every day. Just and some do. There's some attorneys, that's the focus of their practice is uh kind of usually see criminal and, and traffic, the district court, superior court. You know, we have several attorneys at our office that spend all day long in, in district and superior court helping folks in uh, with traffic situations, criminal situations. But today uh, we have a listener question that kind of spurred this debate and gave me those those bad memories getting asked these questions right out of the gate. But we've got a Deborah from Pittsburgh uh, down in Chatham County who has asked us, basically, I got a speeding ticket going 15 over the speed limit. The officer was very nice and told me I could just pay the ticket if I didn't want to go to court. Should I? So that's Deborah's question. And I think any attorney who's ever practiced in the state of North Carolina is going to say, no, don't, don't just, don't just pay your ticket. First off, Deborah, we care about you personally. Like we care personally about each and every one of our listeners. And we want you to drive safe and take good care of yourself. That's what I'd like to start with. Uh, (laughs) But also because we care about you personally, don't just pay that ticket by mail, Deborah. Yeah. So when, in North Carolina, there's, you know, there's kind of, you'll hear attorneys talk about it, insurance agents talk about it, but there's kind of a, a points system, you know, uh, associated with your driver's license. And every time you get dinged for a speeding ticket or, a, you know, certain moving violations, you're going to accumulate a certain number of points on your license. Um, and we kind of, attorneys kind of, you know, think about those in two different um, situations, you know, your insurance, what your insurance premium is, and then your license. And so you get a certain number of points, you're going to be suspended, you're not going to be able to drive. And if you get a certain number of points, your insurance is going to continue to go up, go up. And at some point, you'll, you know, if you continue to accumulate them, you'll be an uninsurable uh, driver. And so, you know, if you're, if you're like me, and I guess, I guess, Joe, you know, we don't at this, you know, when I was a younger man, and I had a Mustang, I accumulated some tickets. Uh, but now in my old age, I often don't, I don't get any tickets. I'm assuming that's the same for you, Joseph. Man, I tell you what, I don't want to jinx it, but I've been doing great. <laughs> I've been doing so good, man. Uh, I have not had a ticket. The last ticket that I got, uh, I was at the beach, one of our fine North Carolina coastal beaches. And I got a seatbelt ticket as a passenger Whoa. in a car. And we were moving the car uh, like 25 feet up the block. <laughs> 
and a state trooper pulled us over and uh, so kindly ticketed me as a passenger. So, yeah, that wow. was pretty sweet. So the last last ticket I got, I was in law school. So I went down. I think we've talked about this. I was in I was at Campbell back when it was in Harnett County, right? When you went back, you went down to Bowie's Creek for law school. But I was driving on the back roads, and uh, and uh, I believe it was a Dunn police officer. Uh, we were at a stop sign. It was my turn to go clear. I mean, clear as a bell, and he just gunned it. And he got me in the back. So it was, we had an accident. It wasn't, wasn't my fault this time, right? You know, but he gave me a ticket because my registration had expired. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, the cop hit me and then, and then gave me a ticket, which is his job. You know, we give the law man, enforcement a hard I thought time. You were, but... I honestly thought you were better than that, Josh. How's your neck? How's your neck feeling, Josh? <laughs> it hurts. It still, yeah. it still hurts. <laughs> Um, and that was, I think that was 2001, but, um, but anyway, it's, you know, a speeding ticket, it's, it's points, right? So you're, the officer is pulling you over. They're usually just trying to be super helpful. Um, and that's why most folks who are in law enforcement get into law enforcement because they, they want to protect, they want to serve, they want to help. And a lot of times they'll, they'll just off the cuff, you know, if, if you're really upset or you're worried about the courthouse or where to go to court, they always like, well, you can just pay it online. You can just mail it in and they're not trying to do you any disservice. Uh, but an attorney would say, yeah, you never do that. Cause as soon as you do that, you're, you're getting points. Cause attorneys can, can, can do things for you. You know, attorneys can, if you go to court, you know, there's things that you can do that gets you less points than if you just pay it off. Exactly. The, the reason you're hiring an attorney when you have a ticket is essentially to navigate the process and obtain the absolute optimal outcome for your particular circumstances to give you the the lowest amount of points the whatever the best result for you personally is and if you just if you pay that you're essentially you're pleading guilty to whatever the original offense was and like Josh said if it's a if it's a speeding ticket if it's a moving violation you're going to start accumulating those points and you're going to have consequences be it drastically raised premiums on your insurance or be it points on your license or be it something worse if it's you know you've had several offenses so you never so just want to pay that ticket so Deborah's question, we, we don't have some information. She's in Pittsburgh, um, so maybe that's Chatham County. But every county kind of has a different structure for what they'll allow. You know, you go in and you can ask. You guys have probably all heard this, but you can ask for a reduction in speed. So she got a ticket for going 15 over. But maybe if she shows up and she's got a clean record, an attorney or, a, you know, an ADA, an assistant district attorney would, would say, hey, we'll reduce this to nine. Um, not over, which means less points, right? That's something that they can do for you that gets you less points. If you've got a, like I said, a clean driving record, um, you know, some counties, an attorney would tell you to go to a driving school, maybe do some community service, whatever that county requires. There's usually some things that they can do to reduce the speed. And so over 15 is kind of a big, uh, a, you know, kind of a point where the points get more, you know, over 20, you know, there's certain speed limit, uh, that that make more of a difference when we're talking about these points. And so, if Deborah's clean, and I think Deborah, being a listener of the outlaw lawyer, probably keeps uh, her driving record pretty clean, obeys the law. So if she's got this fifteen and over, and she can get it down to nine, well, there's a law in North Carolina that every couple of years you can get a uh, you know a nine over or less, and it doesn't cause you points. It doesn't hurt you on your insurance. You know, it's kind of a Hey, everybody's going to get a speeding ticket every now and again kind of thing. That's right. And and another option, and again, we're, we're telling you these options for informational purposes, but again, it's always important. If you get a ticket, it's always a great idea to contact an attorney um, because, you know, it's very situational. But another thing that a lot of people have heard about is that prayer for judgment. Um, 
And, you know, some people think of that as just kind of a freebie, a throw it out there and it'll take care of the issue for you. But, you know, you really want that's something that you're going to use strategically. Uh, and if there's a better result that, that can be negotiated for you by the attorney where that doesn't have to be used and you can save that for later on down the line where it may be more necessary, then you want to do that. You don't want to just assume because you've got that, that prayer for judgment that you just go and use it and uh, have it done with because, again, you don't get an unlimited amount of those. Well, and Joe and I, in our in our day-to-day practice, Joe and I are not the attorneys at our firm who spend a lot of time on uh, traffic matters, but our attorneys that do, I, I, I've seen them time and time again. Somebody will come in and their driving record will have a bunch of different things on it. They just kind of go through it, mark it up, and, and really can figure it out. And so you've got a lot of, an attorney's got a lot of tools at their disposal. Um, and you know, I see people who have had their, their right to drive suspended because they didn't take care of a traffic ticket. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. They just paid off a couple and got too many points. And they're really like magicians. You know, the, the attorneys uh, here at the firm, they're like uh, driving record magicians. And so they just kind of carve it up, figure out what needs to be done in what order, kind of make a plan. And it's, uh, it's amazing when you live in this world, when you live in this traffic citation criminal world, which you can what these folks know how to do and, and figure out. And I'm, I am definitely no expert on it by any means, but I think the answer to Deborah's question is do not just mail in a payment. You're going to, you're going to, well, you know, it's public record when you get a ticket. So you're going to get all the attorney letters. You hear people talk about that, but attorneys, you know, once you get a ticket, it's a public record that a lot of attorneys, you know, will, will buy that information so they can send you a letter so they can market to you and let you know that what they can, they'll let you know what they can do for you and what it'll cost. But because of that, it's kind of an annoyance to get 10 attorney letters, right, when you get a ticket. But because of that, it's kind of capitalism at work. What it actually costs for an attorney to help you, attorney's fees have really gone down as a result. Right, guys, let me jump in. Just man on the street comment. I mean, having professional advice uh, once you receive a speeding ticket, uh, just having that, I mean, it may it may cost you some to work with a professional, a lawyer, uh, to get you through your your citation, but what that could save you in the long run, uh, that's what you have to compute. That's what you have to kind of come up with as you are uh, working on your case. I, 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 we, we've had situations just in my own uh, family where, you know, working with an attorney has saved us a lot of money down the road with insurance uh, and just making sure that that person can continue to drive. So, you know, doing it now and being proactive uh, certainly, uh, you know, in working with an attorney, uh, seems to be a positive. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. And, and, you know, it's like Josh said, with the, the amount of, uh, mailings and, and traffic mailings and attorneys who are really dedicated to the, the practice of taking care of speeding tickets, you're not talking about an astronomical cost for that. Now your court costs are going to be one element of that. And, you know, that's, you can't really do anything about that. They're going to be set by statute. They're going to be what they are. But you're not going to be paying an attorney substantial sums to take care of your speed ticket. So it's it's cost benefit wise, the benefit drastically outweighs the cost to to get some help with that ticket. Once again, the goal on the show is to help educate, inform anything that we've been talking about. If you've got questions coming up uh, uh, with your legal situation and you want those answers, here's the number to call 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. That will get you in touch with Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Again, 46 combined years experience, Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena offices in all of those nice towns. 
And again, the Outlaw Lawyers, we talk legal every single week. I'm Morgan Patrick again, man on the street, producer slash big voice. We're back right after this. Coming up next, I was fired from my job for no reason. What can I do about it? Outlaw Lawyers on the air. Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, 46 combined years of experience between these two. Again, Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, offices there to help. Real estate closings, estate planning and administration, personal injury, criminal, traffic, family law, and they have attorneys to handle it. If you've got questions, remember, you can always call 800-659-1186, 800-659-1186, and someone will be in touch. If you've got a question for the program, email it in, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com, and we'll use it in a future show. And again, check out the website, theoutlawlawyer.com. Guys, what's next? Joe, how you holding up? You making it through the show? Hey, man, I'm here. Um, I've been secretly eating a piece of chicken during the show, <laughs> and it's been giving me the protein that I need to carry on. Um, can't taste it. Can't smell it. I hope it's good. Um, can't smell anything, man, and it's weird. You know, if you've ever been congested before and you've got, like, congestion in your nose and it kind of dulls your sense of smell it's kind of a strange sensation. I don't have that. I can breathe. I can breathe perfectly fine through my nose. So I'm breathing in. There's just no, nothing, literally no sense of anything. And, uh, pretty strange, man. I'll tell you that. Have, have you, uh, have you tested that out? Like bourbon, mustard, like just nothing. I've tried, I mean, everything I've tried to smell prior to now, it's nothing. I literally, I've been, you know, I've been Lysol and everything. I'm trying to keep, well, I was trying to keep my family, uh, from getting it i think i failed but uh i i sprayed a bunch of lysol and literally just walked through it and uh it, there's just nothing man I, I can't sense anything whatsoever so um here a lot of people deal with that for extended periods of time i'm hoping i'm on the short end of that and can beat it back pretty quick because i now i can taste a little more than i can smell but i can't smell anything so and i can taste like salty i can taste sweet i just can't do much more than that so could be worse, wow. man. All in all, I'm blessed. I, I can't complain. <laughs> well, that's uh, well. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're on the men, and you're uh, you're making it through the show just fine. And 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 so we've got two. So now we've got two listen. We're gonna we got two listener questions that kind of play off each other. So we're gonna do this one first. So we've got another anonymous listener question, but basically, uh, our listener asks, "I was fired from my job recently for basically no reason at all. I googled what I could do about it." And found out that North Carolina was an at-will employment state. What does that even mean? So um, that is an important, just to start it off the bat. So North Carolina is an at-will employment state. So as long as, uh, you know, as long as there's not a statute, a federal or state statute that protects your employment, uh, and as long as your employer is not acting in a discriminatory fashion, uh, adverse to federal law, you can be fired for just about any reason or no reason at all. You know, I, I read in that question, I see that basically no reason at all. And I have to look at it with a little scrutiny and wonder, basically no reason? Maybe there's there's probably a reason. But, uh, you know, you said it, Josh, at-will employment, you know, like you said, unless there is a specific law to protect the employees or an employment contract that provides otherwise, then an employer can basically treat the employees however they see fit. Um, 
which, you know, that could even include the assignment of like demeaning tasks even. And there's really not so much they can uh, that an employee can do about it. And so it's important, you know, the federal federal law kind of comes in. So we have our kind of state laws and and federal law preempts uh, and kind of fills in the gaps to a lot of state laws. But, you know, federal law will not allow you to to fire someone in, in discrimination, you know, so race, age, sex, religion, you know, all that stuff's still protected. You can't be fired for that. Um, but your boss, if they come in and they have a bad day and they just fire you because you wore a red shirt, they can fire you because you wore a red shirt. You know, they can fire you for, of course, all the normal stuff missing. Like people think you have to get written up, right? You have to get written up a certain number of times or you have to have a, a certain incident. But but no, you can just be straight up terminated, no notice, nothing. And that, that assumes... You know, we talk about the exception. So if you like if you have an employment contract, now that's different, right? You're no longer at will. You've signed a contract uh, to be an employee and your employer would have to terminate you according to whatever's required in that in that contract. That's right, Josh. So you you uh, you remove yourself from that at will status once you have the contract in place. And then the contract's going to dictate. So that's not to say you couldn't still be fired for no reason. It's just going to depend on what the con- if the contract says you can be fired for no reason. It's all going to be dictated and based by that contract. So you're going to be bound by the contract. And if it's not something that complies with the terms of the contract, uh, you can't be terminated for that. And, and if you were, you could just sue on that contract for breach of it to, to get some recourse there. Yeah, and I would I would encourage our listeners if you have been terminated and you think it's for a a, reason, a discriminatory reason, then you know our our recommendation is always you call the the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC. That's kind of where you always start. Um, you know, there's a process there. They issue a right to sue letter. But if you think you're that's where you, that's where you start. If you feel like you've been fired for an illegal reason. Um, that that's an important important number to have an important place to start. Yeah, so if if you are not employed pursuant to an employment contract um and again there's you know it's you you would you should know if you have a contract. It's not going to be something you know, it's not going to be you've you've read the employee personnel handbook. You know, that's not necessarily what we're talking about here. But if you do not have employment pursuant to an actual employment contract, then you're going to be considered an at-will employee. And again, you can be fired for any reason or no reason at all, so long as that reason doesn't uh, is not based on certain protected categories. Um, and again, those categories they include race. Uh, you can't be fired because of your race. You can't be fired because of your age, your sex, your religion, uh, your national origin, your color, your disability. Or for being pregnant, those are all protected bases that you you can't simply be fired for those reasons alone. And I would add, Joseph, um, you know there are if you're if you work for the state government, so if you work for the NC state government, there are statutes that protect how you're if you're a certain class of employee, how you're terminated, and and uh, there's a whole set of, another set of rules for that. And if you work for the federal government, there are federal laws that deal with how to terminate a federal employee of a certain class, you know, so, um, you're not, you're not, you're not technically at will. You've got some, some base protections that your employer, uh, has to follow. But I think most of us normal, normal guys, you're, you're at will. And, uh, and that, that's just how it is. It's, uh, down here, 
I have a lot of in-laws up north and, uh, you know, with the unions and things like that, it's, 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 it's very different in some areas than it is here. Um, but, but we are, we are at will. So to answer our listeners question, the fact that you were fired for basically no reason at all, unfortunately, there's really nothing you can do about it unless that reason was because of some protected category that you were a part of, whether it be because of race or age or sex, religion, or any of the things that we discussed and talked about. So if it wasn't based on one of those reasons, and if you did not have an employment contract, then unfortunately, you are out of luck, and there really are no great things that you can pursue to get you any kind of recourse. So, Josh, have you ever been fired uh, from a job? Let me think. I don't. I don't think that I've ever been. I, I think I was usually a pretty good employee. I liked. Uh, I liked to work a lot when I was going through school, so I had some money. So I don't think I've I was ever been. You'd fired. have a juicy, a really juicy <laughs> anecdotal story we could draw from, but uh, no, no, you, we, you should, we probably should have. We probably should have talked about that ahead of time. That's all right. I haven't been fired either, so I can't. I've worked so hard everywhere I went, man. So, Well, I'm in the media business, guys. I've been fired. So it, it, it happens. You get downsized. Uh, companies go in different directions. Uh, you know, I, I do have questions, especially in the next segment uh, when we talk about non-competes, because a lot you hear that a lot in the media business. Uh, but certainly it, it applies to, to other, uh, you know, realms of the business uh, world. But I can't wait to get into that discussion. And that's coming up, right? Yep. Yep. Up next, we're going to talk about uh, non-competes and what that means and how they can be enforced. So this was a good uh, a good segue into that, Morgan. Folks, if you uh, have any questions about what we've been talking about, and maybe there's a legal question that we haven't broached, uh, there's an opportunity to ask that question from Josh and Joe, uh, to them, I should say, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. That'll get you in touch with the Outlaw Lawyers. Again, you can find Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. They have offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, and Fuquay Verena. And again, that group, 46 combined years experience, helping so many clients with real estate closings, estate planning and administration, personal injury, criminal and traffic, family law. Folks, if it's legal, most likely they're going to have an answer to your question. So remember the number, 800-659-1186. If you've got questions for the show, you can do that at questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And if you want to check out the website, you can get in touch with the firm there, too. It's theoutlawlawyer.com. Next up on The Outlaw Lawyer, can your employer enforce that non-compete? The answer up next. The Outlaw Lawyer, we are on the air. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, the power behind the Outlaw Lawyers. And they have offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena. And this group, 46 combined years experience in helping clients with real estate closings, estate planning and administration. You've got personal injury, criminal and traffic, family law, a lot to be discussed. We do it each and every week. If you've got any legal questions, a great number to call is 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. You can also email questions that we may get to use on upcoming shows. Go to questions at theoutlawlawyer.com, and you can check the website out, theoutlawlawyer.com. Guys, I know we've got a we've got kind of that cleanup hitter type of topic as we wrap up this show. We get this question a lot. This is a consult that we, we get a lot. Um, we've got It's another anonymous question. I always don't like it when we don't get a name and a location, but we got an anonymous listener who basically says, I signed a non-compete at my job. 
can my employer hold me to this agreement? And so non-competes are a complicated topic. And so a lot of folks, I know when they start certain kinds of jobs, uh, you see it a lot in, in sales, you see it a lot in, in construction, but there are certain types of jobs where you go to work for someone and you're going to get a lot of, uh, we'll call it proprietary information, client list, uh, trade secrets. You're going to get access to a lot of these things. And so before your employer takes you on to train you and, 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 and kind of teach you their, their way, they, they might have you sign a non-compete. Um, and a non-compete is just shorthand for a non-competition agreement. So before they hire you, uh, as part of a consideration for being employed, they may say, look, if you're fired or if you leave here, um, you can't do anything similar to what you're doing for me for 10 years in a 80 mile radius. You know, they'll have some, some terms in there that you can't take our, can't call on our clients. You know, you can't use our customer list. You can't take trade secrets. And, um, some of them even have liquidated damage penalties in there saying, Hey, if you violate this, then you're going to owe us $25,000 for each time it happens or, or something like that. We call that liquidated damages in the, uh, in the law game. Uh, but Joe, do you, is this something you see a lot too? Yeah. So th- to answer the question, I think the answer is it depends. Um, you know, North Carolina law doesn't look favorably at non-compete agreements, um, but they are permitted. It's just that in order to be valid, they basically have to be designed to protect the legitimate business interest of the employer. And if you end up with something that's too broad to be considered a reasonable protection of the employer's business, it's not going to be enforced. So there's going to be some specific elements that have to be met. And in the event that they are met, then it's going to be a valid non-compete. And so one of the first things, and and you mentioned this, Josh, we talked in our previous segment about uh, at-will employment. Well, to have a a non-compete that's going to be valid, you're not going to be an at-will employee because that non-compete has to be made a part of your contract for employment from the onset of your employment. And if it's it's not, Joe, uh, you've got to receive some adequate consideration. So if your employer... Let's say you start out on one level, but you kind of work your way up and you're, you're working and your employer just comes out and, and puts a non-compete in front of you to sign. Um, there's got to be consideration. There's got to be a raise. There's got to be a promotion. Uh, facts really matter in that scenario. But again, the courts, like Joe said, they disfavor these. So they kind of look for ways to, to maybe get around them or strictly construe them. I know I had a consult not too long ago. Uh, this company operates all up and down the East Coast, and they had someone uh, who who left their employment, and they were trying to keep them working out of work in any state on the East Coast for a certain amount of years, and that's that's the kind of stuff courts don't like. Courts don't they don't they understand that you you know your employer has an interest they need to protect, uh, but they also want you to be able to to work. You know, uh, so there's a they the court always talks about narrowly tailored reasonable terms as to time and location. So, you know, 30 days, six months, 25 mile radius, um, you know, they, they, they want it to, to fit the employer's need and that it, it can't be excessive. And that's always a fact. It makes perfect argument. sense too, Josh. It, it makes perfect sense why the court would disfavor because you're talking about people's ability to earn a livelihood. These, you know, this could be a career that someone has, 
dedicated their entire lives to, uh, you know, put in substantial time and money into training. And so the court's always going to look with a ton of scrutiny at any kind of restriction of that person's ability to, to work and to earn money. Um, but again, it is allowed. So, you know, in addition to some of the things we've talked about, it's got to be in writing. It's got to be, you know, made a part of the contract for employment and based on good and valuable consideration. And then, like you said, Josh, it's got to be reasonable both as to the time and the territory. And then it's also got to be not against public policy as well. Yeah. So you'll never see a doctor or a lawyer um, sign a non-compete. You know, there's kind of ethical rules and uh, things that preempt basically said it's not going to be enforceable because that's bad. You know, you want as many doctors as you can get practicing. You don't want to train doctors sitting at home, unable to work because of a non-compete. So um, there are some industries where non-competes are just, the court just doesn't allow them at all. And, and, you know, we talked about that public policy piece. And when we say that, you know, that can't be against public policy. We're basically referring to the fact that that non-compete can't be used just to stifle competition. Um, if it does that, then the court's going to look at it and, and deem that it's offensive to public policy because it basically promotes a monopoly at the public expense, and that's not going to be enforced. So like you said, if you had the physician uh, in a small town that had a non-compete that would keep other physicians from practicing in the small town, that's going to be a public health concern, and that's not going to be enforceable, like you said. You know, it's it's when we do these consults, we're 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 usually we're we're usually you know meeting with an employee. Sometimes we're meeting with an employer, or we're meeting with an employee whose old employer is saying, "Hey, I'm going to enforce this. I'm going to sue you. You can't do this, this, or this." So your your client's out of work. Your client's in a bad way. Um, so we're always very sympathetic to that. But you know, they're you know their are attorneys' fees you know involved in, in fighting this, and so it's really just a tough spot to be in. And so I think. The, the kind of golden rule from our conversation is going to be if you ever get one of these non-competes put in front of you, it's good to have an attorney look at it just so you know what you're up against. You know, if, if something happens, maybe your employer won't give you a chance to really change anything. It's kind of a take it or leave it deal. Uh, but I mean, I, these have really, these really wreck people. And so it's something just to, it's, it's worth putting an eye on or having a trained eye review it for you just so you know what you're in for. Cause if it's severe enough, it may not be worth the job. You know, if you got multiple options, great opportunity to get on the phone. If you've got any questions about what we've been talking about today on the outlaw lawyers with Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, you can find them at Whitaker and Hamer law firm. Here's the number 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Please email questions to the show. We'll use them in the upcoming weeks. Questions at the outlaw lawyer.com. And again, these questions will be used on future shows and check out the website, the outlaw lawyer.com. We're back next week. Here's the number again, 800-659-1186. Guys, closing comments joe i hope you get some sleep i hope you get some rest and we uh feel better here at the firm soon thanks guys i hope i'll see you next week have a good one hosted by an attorney licensed to practice law in North Carolina. Some of the guests appearing on the show may be licensed North Carolina attorneys. Discussion of this show is meant to be general in nature and in no way should the discussion be interpreted as legal advice. Legal advice can only be rendered once an attorney licensed in the state in which you live had the opportunity to discuss the facts of your case with you. The attorneys appearing on the show are speaking in generalities about the law in North Carolina and how these laws affect the average North Carolinian. If you have any questions about the content of the show, contact us directly.